0: great is thy faithfulness lord unto me good morning church good morning, good morning. so today's message is called servant uh, serve the lord with all your heart we're going to be focusing on what we need who we need to place our trust in and who we need to serve. So please turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 12, and we're going to be examining verses 24 and 25. From this passage, we're going to notice that there are four commands laid out for us. That is to fear God. That is to serve God. That is to remember God. And that is not to provoke God. Now before we dive into the text together, I want to ask you to please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we gather together to listen to your word, I ask you to guide my tongue and help me so I can stay focused on your biblical truth. And as the hearers are listening to this message, may they take those truths that are in your word, that are eternal, apply it into their lives and take the truths and share it with this world that desperately needs light. There's so much darkness around, Heavenly Father, and we need your light. So we ask you now, Heavenly Father, to use us and bring revival. We love you, Heavenly Father, and we praise you. And we pray this in your Son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. The 59th presidential inauguration will be held on January 20th, 2021. In Washington, D.C., the presidential swearing in ceremony will take place on the West Front of the United States Capitol and will be followed by an inauguration address. Now, imagine a prominent, biblically faithful preacher like a John MacArthur or an Alistair Begg taking the stage in front of a record breaking crowd and imagine in the closing statements of his speech, they say something along the lines of this. America, today you are all gathered here to celebrate the president that you have elected. But I must give you and your newly elected president this warning. You must fear the Lord. You must serve and worship him in all faithfulness and with your whole heart. Look back at the birth of this country and see all the blessings that God has done for you when you first walked with God. Was He not always faithful to you when you walked in His statutes? Where were there not blessings for this country during the Great Awakening When preachers like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield boldly preached the gospel and the people of this land responded. Were there not blessings for America during those tent and revival meetings of old when the likes of Billy Graham preached the word of God and lives changed? But who are you walking with now, America? Don't you know if you still do wickedly God will sweep away both you and your president? Well, if this sounds bold, okay, then I want you to consider the text that we are going to be studying together today. But before we get into the text, let's look at the background of our passage. Our passage is a part of the farewell speech that the prophet Samuel gave as he was stepping down as judge over Israel and was handing off his leadership to Saul, who would be Israel's first king. Now please note that Samuel continues to serve as God's prophet, for there is no retirement when we serve God. This address was very much like the address that Moses gave when he gave the covenant renewal, and when he gave his farewell speech that you'll find at the end of Deuteronomy, and this was also similar to... Joshua's speech that you'll find at the end of the book of Joshua. Samuel is addressing Israel at Saul's coronation ceremony, which would be very much like and equivalent to the presidential inauguration ceremony. Saul was selected as king due to is- the Israelite people's demanding for a king so that they could just be like other nations they completely ignored what the prophet Samuel kept telling them, that they need to put their faith in God and not in a king. Because for Israel, God was to be their king. In Samuel's bold speech, which can be found in its entirety in 1 Samuel chapter 12, Samuel warned Israel not to continue in wickedness. In front of Israel and King Saul, Saul, Samuel warned both that if they rebelled against God, then the Lord would strike them down. Our text that we will look at is the closing statement of the prophet Samuel's speech, which is found in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 and 25. The text reads, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Now consider that this is extremely bold. If you make a statement like this, when a new king is appointed, he was risking his life when he did this. But he stood on the word of God and the message that needed to be said. Samuel had a bold personality. When he walked into town, the first thing that people said is, Do you come in peace? Okay, when we come and we speak the word of God, we have to speak truth. It's going to make us uncomfortable because it changes us. Just like when we exercise and we have to tear muscles in order to build muscles. This is the word of God. Okay, and the first command we see from this passage is to fear God. The beginning of verse 24 starts, only fear the Lord. So we are not given a spirit of fear. However, it is God alone that should be feared. That means that we are to have a reverent fear of God. Proverbs helps us understand this more. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. To fear the Lord is to follow in his instructions, in his commands. This is how true wisdom is truly determined. Not the way the world determ- determines wisdom, but how God determines wisdom. Only an utter fool would despise wisdom and instruction from the Lord. That is to walk in foolishness. The book of Job sheds even more light for us. In Job 28, 28, it reads, And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. True Understanding starts with the fear of the Lord. This fear produces an understanding that we must turn away from what is evil. Beloved, I ask you, evaluate your life. Where you find evil, purge it. Whatever is evil needs to be cut off. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 29 and 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. Now I find wise words in the theologian and pastor John Owen when he says, Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. Again, be killing sin, or it will be killing you. I believe those are wise words for us to heed. Obedience to the commands of God leads to the fear of the Lord. And this was instruction for the whole family. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 12 and 13. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and a sojourner, which is a temporary resident within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all that the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. It is the duty of man to have both a fear of the Lord and to keep his commandments. And this is something that we should be instructing our children in. Okay, the world is already trying to instruct our children in the ways of the world. We have to teach them the ways of God. We see in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This fear of the Lord leads both to rejoicing and trembling, as we see recorded in Psalms. Psalm 2, verse 11 reads, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. So you might be asking yourself, what does it mean to rejoice with trembling? It means you rejoice that your God is almighty, that he is all-powerful. It means... That your God is the God that slices the sea, and He is the one who has command of all of nature. It means that your God created everything that exists. There is not a rogue Adam that exists that He does not have control over. This is our sovereign God. He is our ultimate ally, He is our ultimate defender, and He is our Savior. He lavishes his love on the ones that he adopts. But it also means that he is the most horrible of enemies to have because he has a wrath that is completely unmatched to those who rebel against his holy nature. Now, we don't understand this much because sometimes we don't look at the holiness of God. Okay, but because he is so holy, when we sin, we commit treason against the holy God. And we have to understand this. Consider not just what I'm saying, but consider the words of Jesus. Luke 12, 4, and 5. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you to fear him. Okay, we are to fear the one who has the authority to cast us into hell. Who is that? That is our God. Fear God. And that is the first command that we learn from this passage. The second command, serve God. We continue in verse 24. And serve him faithfully with all your heart. We are to be in full service and worship to our God. That means that we are to be willing to sacrifice every area of our life to him. Paul said to the Christians in Rome, in Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, to, hold and accept, to be holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is not just instructions for the martyr. This is instruction for all believers. Following God incorporates and involves our very whole being. Deuteronomy 6.5 says it nicely. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Our love for God should overtake our heart. Our love for God should overtake our soul. Our love for God should overtake our might. We must serve Him. The next command, remember God. We conclude verse 24, for consider what great things He has done for you. Reverence for God results from considering His nature and all that He has done for us in the past. Believers should be in awe of God and meditate upon his deeds and his past faithfulness. Consider what Joshua said in Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. For us today, this warning that we read, it is still very relevant. If we are honest with ourselves, we will understand that to serve God, we must forsake our idols. Are there idols that you worship above the Lord? Evaluate your life. Remember, an idol is not just a carved out figure of a pagan deity. It is anything that is above our God. So I tell you, you must put away your idol of sports. You must put away your idol of alcohol. You must put away your idol of drugs. You must put away your idol of technology. Yes put away your idol of video games. Put away your idol of politics. Put away your idol of social media. Put away your idol of television and movies. Put away your idol of lust. Put away your idol of gluttony. Put away your idol of pride. Put away your idol of your job and your career. Put away your idol of school and a degree. Put away your idol of your friends. Put away your idol of your family. Yes, remember, an idol can be something as sin like drunkenness. And on the other hand, it can be something honorable like your family. If anything, good or bad, is placed above God, then it must be dealt with. Either removing it completely if it is a sin or by deprioritizing it from the throne of your heart if it is something honorable and good. We have to evaluate our lives. We have a, an enemy who's a deceiver and if he won't get you one way, he'll try to get you another way. We must evaluate ourselves with the word of God. Now remember, by yourself, you will not be able to do any of this on your own. You need God's help. Approach him in utter humility. Pleading your requests. And remember that he is the only one that can change you from the inside. Jeremiah 32, verse 40 to 41 reads, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all my soul. God is so merciful because he equips us to do what he has also commanded us to do. For if we were left on our own, we would simply be unable. Now let us look at the final point in the statement that the prophet Samuel gives in his speech, let us look at his warning. This last point is to not provoke God. We see this in verse 25 of our passage. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Now this sentence is an extremely pointed one. Samuel's warning here strikes at the very heart of Israel's problem and the problem that is still in our current lives today. The real threat is not external. The real threat is not one that could be faced by a king or a politician. For example, no matter the armies an Israelite king may defeat or the laws a president may sign into effect, the problem for the people still exists. Why? Because the problem is internal and it's spiritual. We can today pass a law to abolish and outlaw abortion and that would be a huge victory and as believers we should fight for that. But I want you to understand something. That will not solve our problem of sin. You see, a heart that is willing to end the life of a child and refuse to repent. That is a person that is in rebellion against God, an enemy of God. Okay, there is no sin that's unforgivable. But if you refuse to repent and you stay in your ways, you have to realize that you are a rebel and in rebellion against God. A law that prevents a person from doing that does not change their heart. They still have it deep down inside. It will take Far more than a Supreme Court victory, it requires a heart transplant. The problem of sin can only be fully dealt with with the medicine of the gospel. We need to preach and teach that God created all of existence and it was good. God created man in his very image with the first humans, Adam and Eve. But the serpent, our enemy, the devil, the prince of lies, he deceived Eve as Adam watched and did nothing. Sin entered the world when Adam and Eve wanted to be like God and disobeyed him. In Adam, all are cursed to die. But we have a loving father. Our heavenly father sent his son to our world, who unlike us, lived in perfect obedience to the Father. And He became our only means of salvation. He voluntarily sacrificed His life for those who had placed their trust in Him. For those who believe in Him, He took on the full wrath of God and what we deserved. He died on a cross. But again, the story did not end there. Because three days passed and he rose from the dead. Proving that he defeated death. Proving that he was who he says he was and proving that the father accepted his sacrifice. Now in Jesus, who is the second Adam, all who place their faith in him and what he has done will be saved. Now, also who surrender to him will no longer live as slaves to sin. They are no longer helpless because now they are slaves to Christ. And that is good news because slavery to Christ means that we are adopted as sons and daughters. Being Christ's means that we are covered in His blood. And in the sight of the Father, when He looks down on us, He no longer sees our sins. He no longer sees who we are. He no longer sees our imperfections. He sees His Son. That is good news. This is the truth that the world needs right now. However, for those who reject the gospel and forsake the Lord... They provoke our God to destroy them. Joshua 24.20 reads, If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, they will turn and do you harm and will consume you after having done you good. Consider the words of Isaiah. Woe to the wicked! It shall be ill with him, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. Woe to those who do not respond to the warning of the gospel. Woe to those who arrogantly reject God instead of putting, and instead put their faith in man, in a politician, in something else. No, no political leader can save you. The only way to heaven is by the way, and the only Savior, Jesus Christ. John 14.6 is very clear. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And speaking of truth, I want us to consider this. Less than a week ago, we had our first presidential debate of this election year. It was filled with false and misleading statements from both candidates And depending on who you ask, the moderator could be included in that statement too. Can you really trust any one of these candidates? No matter how great your candidate may seem, we need to remember who's in control. Either way, if Trump is president, if Biden is president, we need to remember that it is Jesus who is king. Proverbs 21.1 says... The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he will. We have a sovereign God. He places them in the place of authority and he uses them for his purposes. Okay? That's every president there. Obama, Trump, Biden, whoever it is, he controls it all. He is in control. And we see that this was the case for King Saul too. He did not heed the warnings of Samuel. In the following chapter of our text, we see that Saul is rejected from being the king of Israel. 1 Samuel thirteen fourteen reads, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Anyone would have put their faith in that king would be greatly disappointed and additionally anyone whether they be a king or not if they do not keep the commands of God they will also be very disappointed so as we're concluding this message I want to leave you with Psalm 146 praise the Lord praise the Lord O my soul I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth and on that very day his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. All the glory to God. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness.